0: take this time and opportunity to pray, shall we? Worship our God. Father God, thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you for strength. Thank you for good health, oh holy God. Thank you for all the blessings of heaven. My God, you've done so many wonderful things. I want to give you praise for it, Lord. I want to thank you, dear Jesus. You're a great God, a kind God, a loving God, a holy God. And I know that you know how to minister to every heart and every life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. All right. God bless you. If you have a Bible this morning, suppose we turn to the book of Romans. Good to see you. Happy to be here. I want to feel after the great presence of God. Romans chapter 5 this morning. Romans chapter 5, verse 19. Romans chapter 5 and verse 19. For as by one man, or by one man's disobedience, Many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to just try to minister for a little while this morning on the obedience of one. The obedience of one. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. There is uh, a lot of examples in the scripture of both disobedience and obedience and the consequences thereof. There are obviously very negative consequences to disobedience, but conversely, there are very positive consequences to obedience or outcomes and followings of obedience. It has been said that intelligence is defined by one's ability to foresee the consequences of their actions. Okay? So it's good to When you come into church, things change, and they change for the good. Let me say it that way. I guess I didn't have a wit of intelligence before I came into church because I never thought about what was going to happen with anything I did. I was bumbling and stumbling along and uh, come see, come saw, that kind of thing, and I just didn't didn't think about things. And uh, didn't think about consequences. But when I came into church, by the grace of God, and it was the grace of God that I came into church, I mean, it wasn't anything I did. It was all God. I'm sure if I had anything to do with it, I would have messed it up. <laughs> but thank God. For his grace. Thank God for his grace. I, uh, you think about that individual that was caught in a very act of sin, thrown at the feet of Jesus Christ, and of course they wanted to act like they were being righteous, and Moses' law says, you know, she should be stoned. What do you say, Master? And uh, at that moment, he chosen to stoop down and ride on the ground. And then, straightening up, he looked at the group with the rocks in their hand, you know, just ready to stone her. They thought it was a foregone conclusion. And, uh, of course, Jesus just simply said, he that is among you without sin, cast the first stone. And the next thing you heard were the thuds, one by one, I suppose, of the rocks falling on the ground as each individual dropped them and turned around and, walked out the door, being convicted of their own conscience. Now, the conscience is that ability, faculty of your mind that has the ability, innate, there, born with it, uh, to tell you what's right and what's wrong. Some people have gone against that so much, their conscience, that is, that they no longer are able to read that discernment between right and wrong. There's that which was in us, that we're born with it. God did put something in our hearts, the scripture said, that is eternal, that is of him. And uh, I would have to say that he must have let a little smidgen of that get into the conscience so that we would have some innate sense of what's a feeling of when we do it wrong versus a good feeling of when we feel like we do it right. By The Bible even said that the, when, the, when the Gentiles, the non-Jewish, would do by nature that which is contained in the law of Moses, said, then they become a law unto themselves, and said that the mean or the fulcrum being their conscience, and that it would they would do things right. So we do have a built-in faculty here that God's given us, our conscience. And uh, As I said, though, you can get very accustomed, habitual. We are creatures of habit. And you can become accustomed to just doing it wrong, saying it wrong, thinking it wrong, acting wrong. And you know what? Being born in sin and shapen, or shall we say misshapen, because sin is a terrible sculptor. Just doesn't make anything look nice, and uh, so consequently, sin misshapes us, and we're all concluded under sin. We've all fallen short of God's glory. We're all behind the eight ball, so to speak. We've all just find ourselves. As Job's writing said, born a few days of a woman and like sparks flying upward, that's how man's life is. Just full of all kinds of problems. And uh, that's the fact of the matter, you know. So consequently, it doesn't take very long for us to realize that things aren't so good. Things are in a mess. And we're bouncing off of walls. We're trying to Figure it out our way. And that's one of our next problems. <laughs> that doesn't make things better. It makes things worse, doesn't it? It just makes things worse. And we try to come up with all kinds of schemes and ideas and, and try to manipulate things ourselves. And that's because we have a, another thing innate in us, and that's a, a will. We have a strong human will. We want what we want, and we figure we can, what was that bumper sticker, get her done? <laughs> we figure we can get it done our way. People feel that way because maybe they have a lot of money, or maybe they have a lot of talent, or maybe they're very well-educated, and they have inclination towards uh intelligence. Maybe they do have a little bit of, according to tests, depends how much faith you have in those, you know, good high uh, high IQ. I mean, let's face it, the really smart people thought that Einstein was an idiot. Did they miss the boat or what? (laughs) When he uttered E equals MC squared, the most of them said, say what? They couldn't understand that for nothing. How about these lights, the air conditioning? Well, there was, you know, there was a young man. He came home from school crying. Because everybody made fun of him. Because he couldn't say rabbit. He said wabbit. He couldn't say right. He said white. He had a lot of difficulty with R's, and they were, without mercy, the fun that they made of him, the ridicule that they heaped on him. And he would come home and nestle up into his mother's lap, and and he would just cry. and, And his mother would begin to talk to him and try to encourage him. And he got to looking at his mother while she was talking to him and being sitting on her lap, he had a very close look at her mouth and her tongue. And he began to study how her tongue worked with the words that she spoke. And he noticed something different because he went and got a mirror and he he watched her tongue as she spoke words that he had difficulty with and then he looked at his tongue in the mirror and pronounced the same words and he saw that his tongue did different than her tongue so he began to train his tongue to do it the way his mother did it and so he corrected his problem himself. He became this young boy that was mocked and ridiculed, told he was just stupid and other harmful terms that were used. He became the father of electronics. Gentleman by the name of Faraday, Michael Faraday. Oh, you know, the world and all their great brains, they miss it quite often. They miss it quite often. I think you would agree with me, I hope wholeheartedly, that pretty much missed it on Jesus Christ. Pretty much felt like, He was a rebel. He was a revolutionist. That's why they came to him and said, Moses said this. What do you say? Is it lawful for us to serve Caesar? What do you say? And, of course, when Jesus got done talking to them, they were confounded, much like those were when Einstein spoke of E equals MC squared, or when Michael Faraday began to put forth his different thoughts on electricity, electronics. In other words, those phones in your pocketbooks, or your hands, or your pockets. Maybe you left it in the car, please, thank you. You know, I know that you feel like you owe that to Apple. And you do to a certain degree. But before there was an Apple. Before there was a Steve Jobs. There was a Michael Faraday. And others. Others. Now, I'm just simply saying to you that we owe a whole lot to people who have come before us. I had a man tell me this morning that he was blessed to, he said, he texted to have a man like me in his life. He's going through a difficult place. And he texts me quite often. I'm trying to help him. And uh, I texted him back and I said, even as I also did. And he said, well, he must have been the Apostle Paul. I said, no, he was the apostle brother, W.H. Dunn. (laughs) And uh, there you have it. (laughs) So I'm saying that Jesus came. Came into a world, obviously, that was filled with sin. The small, lowercase g, God of this world, being Satan, Had everything already topsy-turvy ever since he slithered into the snake into the garden. (laughs) And uh, actually, you know, the snake originally wasn't slithering, was he? He didn't slither until he became disobedient. When he yielded to the wrong spirit. God, help all of us not to yield to the wrong spirit. God, keep us from those spirits of darkness and unbelief and doubt and fear and sin. Keep us from those things, Lord. Keep us from disobedience. Because by, the scripture said, by one man's disobedience back there in the Garden of Eden, the book of Genesis, the book of origins and beginnings, the early chapters, here comes the tempter. And he he works through a very subtle beast, a very sneaky beast, a very slimy beast, something of very low nature. And uh, Of course, Eve was susceptible, apparently, to his charms and his wiles, and she, she did wrong. But not can, as it always is with sin, backsliders, they don't just want to go themselves. They always want to get some more. So Eve took the I'm going to say it, proverbial apple. Now, don't be like the guy that went over there and spent $100,000 to prove that apples wouldn't grow in the area where they think was the Garden of Eden, only to find out after he'd spent all his money that the Bible never said it was an apple. Okay, so that's why I said proverbial apple, okay? Whatever the fruit of the tree was, of the knowledge of good and evil, she wasn't gonna go out on her own. She was gonna, you know, make her way around. She's gonna make her rounds. I don't know. Maybe the lion and the elephant had enough sense not to partake. I don't know. I don't have an, an apple. I have a, a jelly bean. And she was, she was bringing that fruit of the garden of the of the tree of good and life and life, you know good and evil and and trying to get i know you want my jelly bean but you're not getting it, it's for victoria but anyway anyway um just going around and god Adam. here you go come on little num num now what we tell the children the babies i don't know how you say num num in spanish or creole but whatever there it is. Whatever you say to get them to partake. And that's what, that's what Eve did to Adam. And so Adam, being duh, <laughs> he wasn't way, you would think that he's way up there on the intelligence chart because he named every beast of the field. Well, imagine that. I heard a man speaking, I think it was Hindi, and uh, he was just really going after it. And I thought, wow, where do do languages come from anyway? Where do words come from anyway? You know? Uh, Obviously, you read to the 11th chapter of the book of Genesis and you read about the cradle of civilizations and how God smacked the snot (laughs) out of of Nimrod who thought he was going to, go to heaven without God, without God's plan. And God said, I think not. Jesus said that in the days of his flesh. He said, I trow not. I think not. Yeah. And so, as you know, God fixed it where they couldn't understand each other. They couldn't communicate with each other. And civilizations were born But my point is, is that in the midst of all of this, Eve gets Adam to partake. She did it wrong. Now she's got him doing it wrong. And that's the nature of the beast, so to speak. That's the nature. Literally, it's the nature of the beast, the beast of revelation. But uh, the spirit in the beast of revelation is the same old And the Bible calls him that old serpent. Nothing changed here. The old gal doesn't even have to change her outfit. Just the same old, same old. And mankind keeps falling for it over and over and over again. And God knew that we needed a Savior. We needed help. He said, y- y'all need help. Matter of fact, it got so bad, God said, I'm going to wipe y'all out. I I can't take it. It's so bad. And so he sent the flood, right? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. One man's obedience. One man's disobedience, Adam, messed it up. For whole for many people, the Bible used the word many. And by one man's obedience, many, many were saved. Because he did what God told him to do. He could have very easily said, Now, God, come on, I don't want to build an ark. I'm not a shipbuilder. I don't even know if I can read plans. I I I I got a game of golf going on today, and I, I really don't want to build an ark. But that's not what he did. He obeyed God. The Bible said he, he by faith, Noah moved with fear, a healthy respect for God and his authority, his power. He wasn't going to, thumb his nose at God. wasn't gonna, you know. Well, you know, I just got this brand new video game, and the boys are really wanting to me to play with them. And, you know, I don't think I'll skip the arc, the ark uh, deal construction. But you know, I just no, he didn't do that. By one man's obedience when the fountains of the deep were opened up and the water was coming and the the heavens brought the rain that they'd never seen. Shock of a lifetime for them. And as the waters begin to get deeper and deeper and go up to the top of the mountains, and they absolutely were in great fear, I'm sure. Don't know how many of them didn't know how to swim, thinking they probably a lot of them, and they were in panic by now because we're standing on the highly elevated places and now the water is still coming up. I know somebody wanted to yell, call the plumber, <laughs> do something. But there was no remedy. Except, except you'd be born again of water and spirit. Except, except. God's ark that Noah built, that obedient man called Noah, that moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Yeah. You know the Bible even said very plainly in first, first Peter I believe, made it clear that the baptism, doth also now even save us. That that water, that water. People say baptism is an essential. Well, people who say that sure don't know the Bible. I had somebody tell me something just recently and said that they were told that by a preacher. That the Bible doesn't teach anything against that. And I said, "Oh, yes it does." <laughs> I said, "I can give you chapter and verse." You know. So, you know, it's amazing what people come up with what they say, what they think when they are being guided by the wrong influence. The Bible talked about sweet influences That's how God is. God has your individual, your and overall collectively, the best overall interests of each and every one of us in the church at heart. He cares. He loves. All right? And he's going to do what's best. And you and I got to have faith in that if we're smart. Smart will have faith in that. Say, well, I don't understand. Well, the Bible said by faith we understand. By faith we understand. The Bible said by faith we walk. Okay? We walk by faith. And faith will give you evidence, faith will give you substance. Faith will give you actually substance, being it's going to give you something tangible. You just got to do what Jesus said. Only believe. Only believe. Only have faith. Trust in him. Believe him. Obey him. Obey him. What if you looked at the Bible? I I believe seen this teaching on it this morning on the talents. And um, had me running around to places like Party City looking for Little bags of coins. Thank God she determined that they were too expensive and she said, Forget it, let's go home. <laughs> I said, put it in rocket speed and phew, home we came. <laughs> uh, we figured out another way to illustrate it. We're just going to give them money. So you can shake your kids down when you get them after Sunday school and they'll have a little tip for you or something. So, um, but the talents. The talents that were given—five were given to one—and reputedly, you know, I think sometimes one version uses a thousand dollars a piece. But in my studies through the years, it probably would have been worth more than a, ta- a talent would have been worth more than that—more close, closer to maybe twenty-five hundred dollars per talent. But whatever the amount was, it was pretty good sum. Pretty good sum. Nothing to sniff at. So you got five. But if you want to use a thousand, that's okay because it's easy. So that's $5,000. Okay? We use that for the standard this morning. And so, next guy or gal is given two thousand or two talents. And the last one is given one talent or one thousand. And as you know from reading your Bible, Okay, then you've read how that the one that was given five, he doubled it. When he was, the reckoning came, the accounting came, oh, and it's going to come. Just ask the unjust steward. He didn't tell you about it. So the Lord commended. Okay, I gave you five, you doubled it. Well done. Good and faithful servant comes to the one with two, doubles it. They got two more. Well done, a good and faithful servant. Came to the last one. What you got for me? Nothing. I got nothing. I got I got excuses. You have excuses. Are they negotiable? Can we can we buy anything with those? <laughs> Build anything with those? Can we do anything with that? Hmm? God said, and you know, He asked him. He said, "What'd you do with what I gave you?" And he said, "Well, I, I knew. This you you got to love this." He said, "I knew what kind of person you were." You were hard, and you were austere. That means you were strict, you were exacting, you were demanding. You weren't sloppy. You, you were right there checking things out, looking after things. I knew you were like that. I got scared, so I I took talent you gave me, and I, um, I wrapped it up in a cloth, in a napkin, something. Well, that's one of Satan's tricks. He wants to get us wrapped up in anything but the work of God. And as far as the world is concerned, he will let you go anywhere and do anything. Did he not take Jesus the Christ upwards to the top And showed him all the glories of the kingdoms of this world. And said, all this you can have. It's my power to give it to you. If you'll just fall down and worship me. Just meaning do things my way. Become my servant. So the servant wrapped it all up. Well, the so-called servant. I don't know that we could call him a servant. He was not seem to be maybe self-serving. He, he just wrapped that up, got all wrapped up in the world, got all wrapped up in the way they do it, got all caught up in everything that, shall I say, Hollywood could produce and show. Well, i am tell you what, if there's one spirit you don't want in your life, it's that Hollywood spirit, and you sure enough don't want it in your kids by however means, okay, by whatever means. I mean, because, you know, you can get it on your watch now and on your telephone now and, of course, on your iPads and iPods and computers and screens, monitors. And God knows, if I've skipped anything, Feel free to raise your hand and tell me because I'm, if there's if there's any way they can do it, I'm sure they'll do it. And uh, all in an attempt to get you wrapped up, wrapped up, wrapped up in the world. And the world, this world, is in the hands of the lowercase g god of this world. Satan, that old serpent. Same old devil. Trying to get the world all against God. Any way but except the way God says. If God says go right, the enemy says go left. If God says stand up, the enemy says sit down. Simple illustrations, but he's anti. He's against God. And he wants you to be a part of that. Okay. Oh, he'll give you religion. He'll let you have religion. You can have any kind of religion. You just can't have the truth. You have all the religion you want. Yeah, all the religion. One guy had so much religion that he he set himself on fire. He emulsified himself. Yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of religion. There are there is such a thing as religious devils. You better know that. You better know that. And not everybody, everybody, and everything that that says the name is of God not at all it's very important to develop discernment might be a little very important to develop discernment in the holy ghost just as it's very important to develop a conscience when you're young so you'll know when mom gives you that look, uh-oh, that that I'm doing is wrong. I remember Iani saying one day, she said, I don't do that. My mama whoop me. <laughs> well, She was clear on that. She had that down pat. There was no ambiguity, any ambiguousness about it. It couldn't be taken more than one way. It was strictly, that's going to get me a whooping. <laughs> that's all there is to it. And so it's important for us to learn from the obedient ones. The one-talent person could have been grousy. Well, oh, I only got one. He got five. I only got one. He got two. That sounds like pretty childish, immature thinking. And people often show how childish they are by their actions how spoiled they are. I told you the medium age for brat now is about 40. Okay? So we've got to take a good, hard, solid look at our world and the realities that we're surrounded with. And we've got to make A choice. Either we're going to disobey or we're going to obey. Now I'm gonna tell you. Disobey is easy. It's easy. Because it's flesh. Flesh, you've got the built in nature. To, it's inclined that's a bible word it's inclined to lean towards would toby say lean with me well it depends on which way you lean it whether i'm going to lean with you or not and uh, if you're going to lean this flesh wants to lean like water wants to go the path of least resistance so it goes downhill so it goes towards disobedience And by one man's disobedience, oh, brother, it just messed everything up and everybody, put everybody behind the eight ball. Just had this beautiful garden. Had all, even the animals were at the, excuse me, the beasts of the field were at peace. They all got along. There was no aggressiveness. There was no jealousies. There was no hatred. There was innocency. There was no awakening. I knew a little boy one time that he didn't feel pain until he climbed up some cabinetry. He got up towards the top, and he slipped, and he fell. When he hit the ground, he hit his head, and he, ow, something woke up that hadn't been awake. And actually, that's a good function, isn't it? not good not to be able to feel some pain sometimes, because it could be a real warning signal for you. But uh, something definitely awakened, and uh, we've got to, we've got to overall wake up, we've got to wake up to the facts and to the reality that disobedience is going to destroy us. But obedience, by one—if you want the word instead of "mans," if that bothers you, ladies—one person's obedience, many made made righteous. Got it going right. Get in, get in line with God. Just think about. People could complain about what they don't have. Well, I only got one talent. They got two. They got five. I only got one. Why not use what you have? Somebody coined the old adage, use what you have, and the Lord will give you more. I think they drew that from what the Scriptures teach. But um, the point being, what would happen if, if we all just agreed that we all just have one talent? But we all used our talent for the Lord. Huh? Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be good? If all the one-talented people would use what God gave them, that'd be quite an army, I promise you. That'd be quite an army. Yeah. Now, Brother Thomas over here, he can play a whole bunch of instruments. I can only play one. That's about as far as I get. I don't even do too good on the clapping thing. It took me, when I came in the church, it was hilarious because, you know, they're clapping on beat, and I don't know what I'm clapping. I'm just clapping. And uh, then they're clapping, o- clapping off beat, and I don't know what that means. But probably I did that one because I was usually off. My singing was off. <laughs> My timing was off. But I was happy in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that was on. My Holy Ghost was on. <laughs> oh, Brother but i am saying to you church family if we just what did the bible say awake awake to righteousness if we just wake up and be happy in god and just just use what you got develop what you have that god has given to you he's given you a life and he's given that to you more abundantly now he's given you the holy ghost amen Amen. Amen. One person's obedience. You know, if you obey, the chances are he'll obey and he'll obey and he'll obey and he'll obey. But if you disobey, chances are he'll disobey and he'll disobey and he'll disobey and he'll disobey. And he'll disobey. Now, I'm not going to say 100% because some people have sturdier character and they will Stand up in the face of disobedience. Noah did. (laughs) I don't know what the population was of the world back then, but Noah bucked the whole crowd. And he said, I'm going to make an ark, and I'm going to get out of here. It's going to rain, and this whole place is going to be flooded, and everything that breathes is going to be destroyed. And when they got back up off the ground from ridiculing and laughing and rolling with laughter because they'd never seen rain, They thought he was nuts. Remember, they thought Einstein was nuts too. And they thought a lot of people were nuts who weren't nuts. They weren't nuts at all. The church is always going to be at odds with Satan, with the world. Now, The scripture does teach that we are in the world. Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, but we're not of the world any longer when we're born again, when we have taken advantage, when we have believed, when we have obeyed God's word, right? We've repented. We have been baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, okay, the like figure That also saves us, even as it saved Noah and his folks back on the ark, which is a type of the church. And it had one door, and everybody went in there, had one name. And that's that's us. We're in one body of Christ. and We all have that name that's above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said amen. All right. So because one man was obedient, many were saved. Well, you bring that up to Jesus the Christ, the flesh, because he was obedient unto the death of the cross. Why do you think he got so put out with Peter? when Jesus was telling him what was coming. And Peter started saying, no, 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 no. I got my sword, and I'll start taking heads off and ears off and everything else off. I'm not going to let them do that to you. Next thing you know, the next words out of Jesus' mouth was, get behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. And Peter's like, say, what? Huh? But he didn't discern, as Jesus did, the spirit that was speaking through That the tenor of his words was off. Real bad. This was these were not the words of God. This was not the word of the spirit. This was not do my will. This was all poor little putty tootty. I'm not gonna let nobody hurt you. Don't worry about it. Come on, let's go have an ice cream. Take the day off, play around with God. Oh, let's get the video games out. Come on. Popcorn. It was all flesh. And it was made a battle for the man Christ Jesus. You think he wanted to go and be whipped and beaten and spit on and crucified? His flesh didn't want to do that. He already had two tickets to a cruise on the Mediterranean. All expenses paid. My goodness. He didn't want to do that. He even prayed. If it's possible. Oh boy, he was really putting it on there because after all, the flesh was talking to the one that all things are possible with him. <laughs> It'd be possible. He said, let this cup pass on my chalice. I'll just sit that one out. But he was quick. He was quick. He was quick. He said, nevertheless, not my will. Thy will be done. How many times did he say, for this purpose have I come? And that if I let you have your way, then the scriptures, how then shall they be fulfilled? for this purpose have I come. I've got ai got something I've got to do. I've got a job to do. I've got to go to that cross. And didn't he say, an oh, how I am straightened until that moment, until that time. I guess some of the most Happy, though I don't think it came out quite so happy, words were, it is finished. Boy, when that was all, like you're talking about finishing a a task or a job or an essay or homework. (laughs) Boy, oh boy, I'm going to tell you what. When that was over with, whoo, he couldn't even wipe his brow because his hands were stretched out and nailed. Yeah. Probably the only more They have famous words of of people who that died. Not so much famous, sometimes, but last words of people who died. And they, one place, quoted his, "Into thy hands I commend my spirit." Giving it over to you. One man's obedience. Look what Jesus did for each of us because he was obedient. The book said unto the death, the death of the cross. It wasn't even what you would consider dignified death. It wasn't an easy death, a clean death. You know, the Romans had what they called a clean death. You know, they had a way of killing you, just like that. No muss, no fuss. They were expert in those things. But. Uh, he was. He died in You know, he actually died of a broken heart. Physical heart. Yeah. He. Uh, that's what medical science says. I don't know exactly if we can confirm that, but I do know that he died once and for all. And by his obedience, an innumerable number, the question was posed, who are these? And whence came they? Thou knowest. I don't know. Thou knowest. The answer came back. These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Where were they? Oh, they were dancing around the throne. They were singing the song of salvation. By one man's obedience, an innumerable, yes, it's a few, but it's a few out of each generation. And that adds up to a number that can't be numbered. By one man's obedience. What do you think the result? in people's lives, maybe the ones sitting next to you or on your lap or the little ones downstairs that'll come up later and you'll take them home or your neighbors. What about the people you work with that see you on the job? What do you suppose the consequence or the result would be if they saw in you obedience. Why do you think the devil fights the church? One reason that the devil fights the church so hard and so much. It's because we have his testimony. What we do, we do for his name's sake. We have a name that we live, the Revelator said. Somebody preached one time, I believe it was Brother Kennedy, right here many, many years ago, living up to your name. We have a great name. We have the name that's above every name. We have the truth. We have the message. The only saving message. You have the only ark, and it's built according to the blueprint that God gave Noah. Everything that God gave Moses, he said, you make sure you do it according to the pattern that I showed to thee in the mount. You do it according to the plans. I'm the architect. You do what I have put there. <clears throat> Now, I do believe there's a little fudge. I think you can fudge a little bit. Because from the architect to the builder, there's things that happen. (laughs) It's like one guy told me. He told me, we're going to have a school just like you, except without the kinks. Well, when I finally was able to stop laughing, I said, well, good luck with that. Because the kinks are the people. Nobody gonna sit here and get offended at me because you know people and yourself are unpredictable. Hmm? Huh? Hmm? Yeah. yeah, you might you might wake up in the morning and just feel great and think your wife's just as happy as could be, only to find out she's mad at her wet hen. Unpredictable. Of course not. Unpredictable. People are unpredictable. But you know what? If we base our lives on the Word of God, our obedience to the Word of God, there is going to be some predictability about us. There's going to be some predictability. Because you know what? There's just some things we're not going to do. And after a while, people are going to know that we don't do those things. And that's why when somebody comes around and tells some nasty lie, that there's going to be some people that's going to say, oh, no, 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 no. I know that individual. You know, when I first came into church, I, um, just before I came into church, I was going to college and, um, a man came around the parking lot and he turned right and he turned a little sharp and uh, he pretty much just about took the front of my little car off but it just scraped the whole side of his car. But he was a professor and he was Better position in life than I certainly was because I had nothing going for me. And, uh, at least I didn't think I did until I found out God was going for me. <laughs> that sure all worked out real good, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yes, it did. And that's what happened. I, uh, man, I was bouncing around and we'd moved so many times and, and, uh, there was just such an instability and, uh, Little did I know that one day a piece of mail caught up with me. I guess sometimes the post office does it right. and I guess they followed the trail, and the piece of mail made it to me. And uh, it was from this professor. And he was telling me in detail how much I owed him to get his car fixed. And I was, you know, well, I didn't go find him. I didn't respond. I wasn't going to pay him any money. I wasn't going to do nothing. If anything, I might have wanted to go jack his jaw, you know. But, uh, but you know, a funny thing happened one day. A very amazing thing happened one day. And I got a slap down. Just like the man by the name of Saul. And I was like, who are you? (laughs) He said, I'm Jesus. Nice to make your acquaintance. You ready to get out of the disobedience mode and get over, move over into the obedience lane? Sounds like a good idea. What do I need to do? (laughs) And I got told what to do. I got told to repent. What's that mean? I got told what that meant. Okay, I got that. And uh, so I Got told to get baptized in water. I said, well, I got baptized as the baby. That's not baptism. You just got sprinkled as a little kid. You didn't know the difference between right and wrong. Nothing hadn't developed any kind of mental maturity. Wasn't too sure it even developed at that time. <laughs> and uh, the mental instability was well defined. <laughs> we had that down pat. And so, And then I got told to receive the gift. I could receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I listened to that a little bit. Okay. So, you know, I, by the grace of God, just like that woman caught in the very act. Everybody wanted to stone her just to, you know, everything wrong. Now it's caught up with you. This is it. She figured her next house was going to be under the foundation, under the rocks that they were going to stone her with. And uh, well, the next thing you know, Jesus speaks one thing, and everybody leaves. And she's standing there. She's laying there. Jesus is there, and he looks at her and he says, "Woman." Where are those thine accusers? (laughs) And she said, nobody here, Lord, but me and they. And that's what you better remember. All your so-called friends, all your family, all your coworkers, all of those that come around and say, I partook of the proverbial apple how you you want to bite too don't you come on come on you know that old senior pastor he, he's no good Come on they're not gonna be there they're not gonna be there. Hey how about how about Aaron? Oh boy Aaron he had a he had an outfit talk about men's warehouse men. He had all kinds of glitter and junk on him. Only it wasn't junk, it was precious. He looked good. He had a miter on his head. He was commanding presence. And one day. Seemed like just a regular old day. I don't know but what the sun wasn't shining, a blue sky. And God says. Moses, get Aaron and take him up to the mountain. He's going to die today. Boy, it just got cloudy all of a sudden, didn't it? My word. And the next thing you know is you've got Aaron, the high priest. You've got him in the mountain. And instructions were given. Isn't it terrible? You go to the hospital, you wear your best suit. And they say, okay, you can take all that off. We're going to put this little gown on you, and you're going to be walking around like this. <laughs> One of the reasons I don't go to them. <laughs> they stripped Aaron. They took his d- his duds off of him. They took his crown off of him. And I'm telling you, he's going to come down to You and God. You and God. I don't know. He might let me sneak in there. I try to give a little account of you every day. Pray for you every day. But uh, you better know that all them so-called friends and Satan sure ain't going to be there. Oh, no. He's not going to be nowhere around coward that he is or big mouth that he is the bible said that nations are going to look on him and they're going to say is this the one we followed yeah oh it's going to be a, a revealing of deception sure enough yep a real deception for those who are disobedient. But for the one that is obedient, there's going to be righteousness. There's going to be a crown. Given, not taken, given. Oh, friend, I'm going to tell you what. By one person's obedience, think of the effect that you could have on these very children that are coming in right now by your obedience. And that they learned that there's just some things we don't do because it's not right in the sight of God. And we battle. We battle. Everybody said praise the Lord. You guys must be really good looking because everybody's looking at you. And I thought I, I thought y'all were ugly. I think I'm good looking. But they're looking at you, they're not looking at me, Arnold. So we have to tell ourselves, by the grace of God, that I'm gonna be the one. What about Arnold? You going to be the one? The one that obeys? Anthony? You going to be the one that obeys? Alex? You going to be the one that obeys? Am I going to be a part of the obedient that brings righteousness? Am I going to Is my obedience, and it will, going to help save somebody and pull them out of great tribulation, great sin, great agony, great pain, great suffering, great adversity, great hard time? Am I going to be able to live a life and show my obedience to God and his Word? and be that, join in with Jesus, and be that faithful witness, that loyal. You know, you don't read the word loyal in the Bible. It's amazing. Sometimes it just don't say it how we think it should say it, at least the King James Version. But it uses faithful, 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 faithful. Everybody said praise the Lord. You know, we're fighting every Sunday and every day for these young ladies coming in. We're fighting that they'll, they'll beat the odds, that they'll defeat what maybe some haven't because you weren't yet preached to and witnessed to and gotten the experience of salvation yet. But now that you got it, I don't want them to do the dumb things I did. I'd like to educate them. I'd like their intelligence quotient spiritually to come up. That's the masters that I want us to work on, you know, that spiritual one that's in the Bible. Let that come up and let me know that we don't do that. That leads in the wrong direction. That's flesh that's going downhill. That's going to definitely bring me to an end that is undesirable. What a great end it was for the woman, young lady that did it wrong, caught, open and shut case. But everybody being convicted of their own sins because of that word of God that went forth, they all left. Where are they? Nobody here but me and thee. Okay, guess what? Neither do I condemn thee. It didn't end there. He said, go and sin no more. That's the worst thing come upon me. One place talked about a spirit coming back with seven more wicked spirits than itself. Yeah. But what grace was shown to that woman that day? And what grace has been shown to us? You know? So, who above all should be obedient? Us who have experienced the great grace of God, the great, oh so great salvation of God. That we could escape, that we could heed the warning and start preparing. That's why we're in Sunday school. That's why some are blessed to be in Monday school. And services and everything we're trying to do. So that we can escape the consequences of uneducated, unenlightened actions. Let's not go there. Let's not do this. Let's not partake in this because that's disobedience. We want to be the obedient ones. We want to make up that overall obedient one. We want to bring that righteousness. If you want your spouse to be saved, then I would say that you want to show obedience to God's Word. If you want your neighbor, your children, your friends, which I your friends should be in the church, by the way. So we'll just say your acquaintances, that you keep that to a minimal. You want them to be affected. And the Bible did talk about Christ and talked in the same way Sentence with the word effect. I don't want him to be of non-effect. I don't want us to be of non-effect. I want Christ in us, the hope of glory, to be of great effect, a righteous effect on a lost and dying world, on a tri-city area, on people you see everywhere you go, people you talk to, people you interact with you want to be you want to be that obedient example everybody said amen today is kind of tied in with the second chapter of acts as sometimes it's called pentecost sunday trying to capitalize on the experience that was first given and experienced in Acts chapter 2. It was the day of Pentecost. Pentecost, or penta, meaning 50th, the 50th day after the Passover, when there came a sound from heaven, the rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak with other languages or tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Everybody said, praise the Lord. So today is a, a day that is kind of on our minds about that that experience. We want people to experience Acts chapter 2. We want people to become a part of the apostles' doctrine, which is the doctrine of Jesus Christ. We want to pull people out of the fire. So remember, you got pulled out of the fire because of one man's obedience. He was obedient unto the death of the cross. Not my will, but the will of the Spirit. It does cost. It does demand. Don't get wrapped up in the world. Don't get caught up in the fads and the fashions because, you know what, about the time you go spend every dime you got to get the latest, it's going to be out of style. And then you're going to have to wait probably 10 years till they recycle it. But then you're going to go buy it again. You're probably about grown it. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Do they have your number? Oh, yeah, they've got everybody's number except the ones that have the Holy Ghost. Yeah. We're not in sync with them, church family. We're not not in stepping in rank with them. We do march to the beat of a different drummer. Okay? We are singing a different tune. We have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Our lives have been changed for the good. And you want to have faith in that. You want to believe in that. And that's why, by your act and your life and your example of obedience, there's hope that they can be saved. When they behold your obedience. Nobody wants to follow the example of the one talent got all wrapped up in the world, buried it in the earth in worldly things, carnal things, disobedient things. He didn't hear the sweet words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He didn't hear that at all. He got called a wicked, slothful, excuse-making servant, and he made God angry. tell you something that you probably don't know. But you don't want to get Sister Stephanie angry. She can really put that anger on, righteously. But her anger at its peak doesn't even begin to touch God's anger. I pray that I will not make God angry. Is it not written in the book of Psalms about rebuke me not? I always get mixed up, rebuke and chasten. Rebuke me not, I think he said, in thy wrath. And chasten me not in thy hot displeasure. One writer said, do we provoke God? Are we stronger than him? <laughs> well, that's a no-brainer, right? You don't have to be have too much intelligence going up the ladder there to figure that one out. Oh, yeah. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Everybody said, hallelujah. I know it. It's time for me to quit. And I was just getting started. All right. Let's stand together. God bless you. You've been a wonderful congregation this morning. You can stand. Wake up and stand up now. It's okay. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. You see Vakara walking in. She's waited till last because she's practicing for next Friday night or this coming Friday night. Everybody said graduation. Okay. Okay. So we want to. We want to partake, church family. We want to partake of obedience, one person's obedience can have a tremendous effect on many, many, many people, many, many people. And God knows we're drowning in a sea of lost people. But you know what? We're not going to drown because we're going to be led to the rock that's higher than all of that above it all going to be above it all by the grace of god what kind of relief did that young lady feel when jesus said neither do i condemn thee god's not really wanting to condemn anybody people pretty much get convicted and condemned of their their own wrong deeds and doings if their conscience is working. And if it's not, well, I guess that's where God and prayers and the church come in, to help even them when they get beyond that line. We're not giving up on anybody. Most especially, we're not giving up on God. He has all power in heaven and earth. Amen. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He's the most high God. And with him, with him, not without him, but with him all things are possible. All things are possible. Let's take a moment, lift our hearts with our hands, shall we? Thank you, dear God. Let me be the one, Lord. Let me be the obedient one. Come on, Lord, help me. When others are doing it wrong, when others are saying it wrong, when others are going the wrong places and acting the wrong way and doing the wrong things, let me be the obedient one. Let me be that strong example of obedience. When others take the wrong attitude, hateful attitude, when others are going opposite the church, opposite the teachings, opposite the truth, oh, let me be the one that obediently gets on board. That that gangplank's down. I can still get into church. I can still get on board. I can still rise above what's coming, the destruction that's coming. Oh, let me be. By the grace of God, let me be. The one that obeys. I believe your Bible teaches if your mother forsakes you. <laughs> Names the whole catalog. You got to let it go. Because you're going you're to stay with the obedient. Or you're going to get the obedient. And then maintain the obedience. Let me be the one. Let me be the one. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand. Come on. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, there was only eight of them. Yeah, there was only eight. But they survived. And they survived to live in what God prepared for them. The Bible said when that flood came, it swept them all away. Those that were partying. Those that were disobedient. Those that were ignoring. Those that were so smart and smug. It swept them all away. Kind of like the folks that came out of Egypt. They said, we can do, we can do just what Moses and them just did. And they essayed. they attempted to do what? You know, I'm going to tell you what, brand X is not going to work. Let me say it biblically. tears. We want corn, man. We don't want a tear. Right. That's just a lookalike. You open it up and there ain't nothing there. I brought Brother Enrique a piece of corn the other day because they were bragging how great it was. And he, he said, do you want the truth? Well, you're talking to moi. I want truth. That's what I got. That's what I'm made of, I hope, <laughs> by the grace of God. He said, no good at all. And he started breaking down why it was no good. Details. Frankly, I didn't need all the details. Just it was no good was enough for me. And, uh, you know, I'm simply saying, church family, hypocrisy is not going to work. Lookalike is not going to work. Tears are not going to be harvested. At least, and put in the in the garner. They're not. They're not going to be with God. Everybody said, "Praise the Lord." Praise the Lord. Let me be the one that is obedient. If it's just the one, if it's just one in my family, one in my family. Let me be the one. Hey, at least your family's got a chance, then, don't they? Because mm-hmm. you you you're the light. Right. You're the light. I know what it's like to see family run every which way because of that light, because of that truth, because of those standards, because of the word of God. Well, let them run. Good fisherman, lets them run for a while sometimes. He reels them in. Let's them run, reels them in. Let's them, reels them in. After a while, you reel them in, you get the net, you got them. So the long run is in our favor. God said, "We, you go to Cana land. Man, all right, all right, we, these aren't Jimmy Chews. They're not going to make it. I don't know. What's another famous brand? I don't know. Versace, somebody. Not going to make it. <laughs> now, God said, see, these are. Holy Ghost shoes, and they ain't wearing out, pal. And you know the Antichrist is going to seek to wear out the saints of the Most High. And I'm not too sure, but what, how far he's going to get to go with that in the end of the end of the last days. But I know what the bottom line is going to be, and that's what we're living for, church family. That we might obtain the promise that he's given to us of life eternal, right. life eternal. All the arguments are going to be left behind. All the hatreds and jealousies and smugness all going to be left behind. Right. Amen. We're going to be with him all of eternity. Not going to be any pain, not going to be any sorrow, not going to be any suffering. And thank God there's not going to be any devil. Right. <laughs> he's not going to be there. He's going to be shut up. And I like to take that two ways. You know, I like to take that as he's got a covering over him that he can't breach. And he's going to be shut up. Right. Right. About? About? Is this going to be shut up? Right. You didn't know that's my my puppet show, right? I do that with Susan Fell when the ladies come around. This is what you're doing. And this what I want you to do. Time to go. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Well, that's what God's going to do to Satan. This is what you are to do. You have to shut up now. Your day is over. It's All gone. Now it's me and my peeps time for all eternity. Let's be the obedient one. Everybody said I, I will, be will be the obedient one. Obedient. Let's give God a big hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank God we still have time for an offering. Everybody say God bless the offering.